It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that says you win some, you lose some. Some of them you make easier to lose, though. Well, some of them you make easier to win. So uh, we'll, we'll try and explain what happened with the Flyers this weekend coming up next. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow Locked On Flyers on Twitter at that very handle. You can keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag almost every week, so get those questions in and we will answer them on the show. On today's show, we are going to talk about the weekend back-to-back against the Nashville Predators and San Jose Sharks. It was definitely a tale of two cities with these games. We will get into it. Plus, it's Monday, so we will wrap up with our nemesis of the week. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. Subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So if you want to see our shining faces, you can subscribe over there as well. Russ, a little eventful leading up to the weekend, of course, with Lucas Sedlak joining the team and uh, he got into the games this weekend. Well, we knew he and, would, right? Like, that yes. was obvious. Yes. And so Jackson Cates was set down to the Phantoms uh, after not playing Saturday. He did play for Lehigh Valley on Sunday. We'll talk more about that tomorrow when we do our weekly Phantoms report. Um, I think that, man, this weekend was really interesting to me because I think that there was a lot of similarities in the play between the two games and it worked to some degree against Nashville and it didn't work against the Sharks. And it just felt like they had too similar a game plan to me. Um, but also again, they were tired on Sunday. You could see things that were working on Saturday, just not working on Sunday. Yeah. But the Sharks played back to back too. So I'm not going to use that as a barometer. Um, with Nashville, we knew they were a struggling team offensively. We brought that up mm-hmm. uh, in our preview. Uh, I brought up my dislike for UC Saros. You could see why on that Farabee goal. That was he's mm-hmm. a small goalie and he made himself smaller. Like it just doesn't make sense sometimes. But the Flyers did. They were opportunistic that game. They were. They they matched the physicality which we knew Nashville would match. Yeah, I mean, we got some fights, we got some scrums. It yeah. was definitely as advertised. Yeah, so that's fine. Uh, you can't play every game that way, though. And But, you know, they, they walked out of there with the win, but I showed you a, a chuck from uh, Puckpedia for uh, expected goals, and Carter Hart is leading the league in it, and he's probably leading the league in high danger chances. And I think the number was around 13 for expected goals for him this season. And, you know, it's like... He was he's the high danger chances he's getting killed on. Again, we kept hearing John Tortorella saying they're going to take better care of the goalie. The only better care they're taking of the goalie are guys beating up some guys in the crease. 
but they're not mm-hmm. taking better care of playing the puck and getting it out of their end. Their zone exits and getting the puck out were still not great in that game either, but it didn't cost them. But, you know, you could move ahead and then we'll talk about the other stuff after. Yeah, I think you're spot on there that Nashville just was discombobulated the Mm -hmm. entire game. And so I think, you know, with the Flyers style of of breakout, it was working against Nashville and it just wasn't working against the Sharks because they could easily stop it a lot of times. But, you know, I think that one of the, the big things about the two games that were similar, but again, worked a little bit better in Nashville than against the Sharks is that I feel like even when they have a good rush going and they have some speed and they have some numbers, even if it's like three on two or, or two on two or something like that, their zone entries are not geometrically sound. Like they're coming in even too often or -hmm. at least like even after they cross the blue line their two or three guys are parallel on the plane of the ice and don't have good options and that's why those passes were off we saw that in that san jose game a lot where there was a lot of missed passes in the Mm -hmm. offensive zone and i fully believe it's because they were not staggered in a way to make those passes work when you're in motion and that's kind of like hockey 101 stuff they have some failings with that on at five on five. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. And this is still a five on five league for the most part. Power plays can sometimes win you games, but your five on five goals are worth more than your power play goals. And and they're they're struggling to get them. Uh, I think I think you're right about uh, when they come in there at speed. The other thing I noticed, and it's and it, it was happening in the Nashville game, but it didn't kill them is there's too much activation of the defenseman. There are some defensemen you could do it with, and they know how to do it. You can't activate Nick Sealer. It just doesn't work. Like, there's some defensemen you shouldn't be activating. I get it. Nick Sealer has a goal. Great, you know, slow clap for that. Uh, but yeah. but some players shouldn't, you know, on defense shouldn't be doing that. And I just I mean, feel Sanheim's like... Sanheim's pretty much the only one that I would do it regularly with. Yeah, because even D'Angelo's a, a dice roll. And 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 he's more of a point guy than an activation. He, he guy. is, although he's still not shooting enough on the power play, and he's still at five on five, missing the net quite a bit. Uh, and you know, when we talk about the San Jose game, he was clearly frustrated about that. But again, is that because he's playing at home and he's like trying too hard at home? It could be, but you know, we're into the season now. You you got to get past that. So there. are there are definitely these failings. I know people can say, hey, they're injured or whatever, and there's guys, fine. But, you know, we can only talk about the players that are in there. And if someone's system is working, it should work for everybody. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point as well. And I think th- the other thing that was interesting this weekend for me is the face-off situation because oh, yeah. it was a disaster in Nashville. I mean, they barely won any face-offs in that game. And And then against San Jose, I I felt like it interestingly got better because of of the adjustments due to JVR being injured and out of the game. Because Scott Lawton took a lot more faceoffs in the game against San Jose. He was nine and three uh, on Sunday, like winning wise. 
And then Sedlak was actually pretty good on the face-off as well. So I think that maybe they're on their way to solving that problem. They could be. And, and, and it's certainly, but, you know, the one thing I would say is, who do you trust on the Flyers for a defensive zone face-off? I mean, maybe, maybe Lawton right now, but I, I don't maybe. know otherwise. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a tough thing. And that's something that they're going to have to um, figure out quickly. Now, they do have a lot of practice time this week. So mm-hmm. this is something where, you know, come Thursday, no excuses. Like, whatever is ailing them should be fixed. So we'll see how, um, how that part of it works out. Uh, so from based on the tweets, Torts has very little explanation for things that went on in the Sharks game that we'll talk about later, but that's that's a little bit of um, the failing of John Tortorella. If you're going to do things that nobody can figure out why, then you do owe it to the fans to explain why. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. And, you know, I, I'm, I do want to talk about that JVR injury because yeah. I, I think that while, you know, we have said we've had our problems with how JVR plays, he does play a role on this team mm-hmm. and it just creates a, another situation where you, where you have to bring in somebody else and move people up the lineup. So, you know, you have like Zach McEwen on the second line for portions of the game. And again, things got shuffled because of JVR being out, but, um, you know, you're going to have to kind of move people up the chain that maybe shouldn't. And so... I think that they're going to miss what JVR does well. And it, you could see it on the, on the power play. So yeah, hopefully sure. he's back right away. And, and it is I think good. he's got a broken finger or something. That's my guess. Well, we'll see what happens. We have a couple of days to, to get it sorted out at least. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure in a few days we'll get an update. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have a lot to talk about when it comes to John Tortorella, especially with the San Jose game. And we are going to do that coming up after we talk about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the latest in security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Simply Safe advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch an HD live stream from the security cameras or monitor the wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. There are even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Russ, I think we had a, an interesting weekend with John Tortorella, and I have you know, different observations from the two games this weekend, because I think on Saturday against Nashville, you know, I I really noticed that he's continuing to play Travis Konechny on the PK. 
And he's actually been pretty good at it. Like, I mm-hmm. have enjoyed that play. I think he's, you know, he's got the tenacity for it. And I think he has the right instinct for it. But, you know, I'm questioning, is that the right usage for him? And that's something we've talked about. Like, is that going to be to the detriment of his offensive output? And then lo and behold, in Sunday's game, Connecty gets benched you know, for seemingly the smallest thing when, the, you know, TK played on the PK early in that game. Uh, against San Jose as well. And then I'm like, well, you know, is this a self-fulfilling prophecy here? I mean, I I think it's just having unrealistic expectations. I think um, the Flyers want to have this penalty kill that can score. So they figure they put connecting on it. But, you know, he's got to make some mistakes while you're learning how to do that. And apparently you're not allowed to do that or you get benched. Kevin Hayes. I didn't think he was having a terrible game. I know he's a minus two, but if you're going to bench every guy who's a minus on the ice, everybody's going to get benched every game this year. Like, that's just the way it is. They're going to have plenty of minuses, so it can't always be that. Um, You know, when the players are confused as to or don't know or haven't talked to the coach as to why they've been benched, and then the coach doesn't want to shed any light on it, I don't think that makes everything better, by the way. Uh, Keeping it in the room is fine. But things you keep in the room aren't things that you do out in public like bench guys during games like that. There's a difference with keeping it in the room like, hey, this is going on in the team. Nobody needs to know. That's fine. But we're watching this unfold. So you can't keep that in the room. Yeah. And again, it's just so bizarre because on Saturday, I thought that Hayes Faraby, you know, TK line looked really good. And yeah, and I thought you know, they were probably the best line of the team on in that game and it paid off. They've got, they got points out of it. And then, so to maybe see one period of not the greatest hockey from them the very next day to bench them, especially when you're behind. I mean, to me, not only does that really like put unnecessary pressure on these guys, I think pressure is good, but when, like you said, one mistake can put you in the doghouse, that, that is a very difficult circumstance to play under. Yeah, the, the margins are, are slim, right? You just, you know, that's the, that's the tough part of that. Uh, I'm looking at the ice time, and when you see that Zach McEwen gets 15 minutes and Delorier gets 15 minutes because of the benchings, listen, if Torts wants a bunch of guys out there like those guys and add Sedlak to it, who, when they get a three on two, pass the puck to the point where they make the goalie, they let the goalie have the advantage. What are these guys going to really score? I mean, I I know Zach McEwen got a goal and maybe he'll get another goal. But the point is, Torts is trying to make something out of these guys. I think what he was doing was getting the other guys to watch them because they, they represent effort. But you still have to have talent when you represent effort. Otherwise, all you do is get this team that's that's very greasy that can't score so i don't think just the effort is enough here and i think that's where you have to have balance and right now you know he he unbalanced it for that game which is fine that's his prerogative he's the coach uh you know even d'angelo didn't play his last few shifts nobody knows why so now you know you'll never get an answer on that so you don't know what's really going on with this team and you know that's the uh, the puzzling part here. 
Yeah. And, you know, I certainly understand Torts as a, as a systems guy and, you mm -hmm. know, playing the right way. You know, we've talked about this. Playing the right way is his emphasis this season. And it seems like he's willing to do that and work that system and that process over winning or over giving yourself the best possible chance to win in every situation. And, you know, I think there's validity to that. Like, I'm not going to argue with him in terms of it being a valid approach. I think it absolutely is. And, you know, maybe he's right. And maybe that's the way to do it to make the team better in the long run. But like we've been talking about, there are consequences for that choice in terms of day-to-day -day effectiveness or day-to-day, -day, you know, feelings of the players in terms of what their status is and, you know, maybe getting jerked around a little bit in terms of playing time. And I think that maybe, you know, as long as the players understand that that's what's happening here, and we don't know that, but maybe they do and that's fine. But I just think that it's something to be cautious about and not that Torts is doing it wrong per se. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, you know, Joel Farabri was a minus three in this game and he got hammered a few times. He played 20 minutes again. Like I know Torts likes the way he plays. I wish he would kind of feel out the injury thing and say, Maybe this was a game you put on the brakes for Farabee, but guess what? You can't put on the brakes for Farabee when you're already down Van Riemsdyk and you bench two other guys. See, that's where, you know, you yeah. can't you can't protect the player. And um the other thing was I just I, I just don't want it to be to get to the point where the expectation is too much from the coach for Farabee because he likes him. Yeah, and Torts did say on Saturday uh, something specific about why Joel Farabee was getting minutes. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, you can agree or disagree with his methodology, but uh, he did say that because Farabee had missed the preseason, he felt like Farabee was behind in catching up with, you know, the system and mm -hmm. how to be out there on the ice. And so he was giving him extra minutes in order to, like settle into the pattern of the team that maybe he had missed in the preseason, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, you can disagree with that in terms of coming back from the injury and wanting to ease him in. I think those are two different approaches again, uh, where maybe it'll be good in the long run. I'm not willing to say, you know, he's wrong, but you know, there you can question it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just feel like if Torts knows he's going to have limited offense from his players, I don't think you should be looking for all of it from the blue line. I just don't think that's the answer on this team. I know that's been the answer on other teams he's been on because again, like D'Angelo was a minus two in this game. He's still a plus on the season barely. Um, but again, why aren't you at least trying to play to his strengths more than, well, we're going to really just try and get, you know, 75 points out of him and we'll just, you know, deal with the rest. Like, I feel like, you could ease up on that gas a little bit with him because him and Provorov at times play together and they play well together. Mm -hmm. And then at other times they're out there for a minute and 40 and that's not good for anybody. I totally agree with you there. Uh, I do want to make sure we get to talk about the goaltending yes. this weekend because very important man, Carter Hart. I, he great. is just playing so phenomenally well and I'm I'm so happy for him right now and I mm -hmm. think you know obviously 
I have these like squirrely thoughts in the back of my head. Like when is the lack of the flyers ability to to execute in front of him going to catch up with the situation. But for now I don't care. I love Carter Hart and I'm very excited that he's playing well. And just, you know, in terms of relative to the rest of the league, he's up there in stats like we've been talking about. And it's basically, you know, uh, him and Attinger and Dallas that are killing it right now. And, and I love it for him. And uh, Sandstrom, I think, man, this was just like a weird circumstance. Tough luck. I think he's, he's still played well. Yeah. He's, he's getting tough luck. He doesn't have a win yet. Right. At the NHL level. Mm -hmm. And, and he, and he should, but you know, again, now the unfortunate part of doing whatever teaching torts was doing tonight made it harder for Sandstrom and he was never going to get a chance to get a win. I'm sure when Sandstrom saw those guys bench, he's probably thinking this game just got harder and it did. And you know, that's part of being on a torts team. You have to deal with that. But I always felt like, and I always will feel like torts is especially tough on goalies because of playing in your own end so much and doing things like that with, you know, benching guys and whether, um, they're your better guys or not. Hope Felix Sandstrom can get that win real soon because I think he deserves it. He does. Uh, Real quickly, what do you think about Lucas Sedlak's Flyers debut? It's fine. It's he should be getting eight, nine minutes a game. He should never be on the power play like he was. I don't care how many guys are out. Like, I couldn't believe he's on the power play. It's like he's not a goal scorer. He's just not. And I get, you know, Torts likes the effort and the skating. Again, uh, if he turns into one of these regulars now, a guy that you just picked up out of nowhere, I'll be mad because I just feel like in time, Tanner Lusinski can be better than him. Right now, Lusinski's still playing, so I can't say anything. But I think we all know that when Atkinson and, and Couturier are back, Lusinski's out, and, and then the next one's even going to be tougher to figure out who's out. And then they'll go down from having like five young players to like three. I hope Lazinski can stay in as well. I think he deserves it. And, uh, you know, with Sedlak, I think, yeah, I think he was fine. Uh, I do appreciate this, the six face off wins though, as well. So that's fine. I mean, something something to keep an eye on for sure. Nine minutes a game at fourth line center. That's fine. That's if he's that. Okay. But again, where is that going to see my, my argument with that is if you don't believe Lazinski could give you that, I don't know what you're, what your expectations are for Lisinski because how many more points will Sedlak get you in a season over Lisinski? I'm not sure he'll get you any more points. So then how many more faceoffs is he going to win? Or is it just easier to have him in the lineup? Like you do have to ask these questions. These are fair questions to ask because it's not like there's a big talent difference between that guy and this guy. They are all fair questions, and we will hopefully get them answered in the coming weeks uh, as we see how the roster and lineup changes with different injuries. But uh, we've got our nemesis of the week to talk about, and we are going to do that coming up next. If you are newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at the week that's coming up and we say, what is the biggest thing in Flyers land that is making you nervous or bothering you, makes you angry? We name those things. And last week, we talked about our nemesis being facing the tougher competition on the road, which was Tampa and Florida and going into Nashville. 
came out of it with four points. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, can't complain about that. Not at all. I'm uh, pretty happy with how that road trip went overall. And I'm excited to, coming up soon, have the Flyers have a rematch against the Florida Panthers, uh, this time rested and at home. And it should be, I think, a much better showing in terms of what they can do when they're rested against the against the Panthers. And and we'll see, you know, can the Flyers play like they did against Tampa uh, in this different situation? So very excited to see what that will be. And kind of along those lines, I think we've talked about this team and we've talked about the tort system in terms of being high energy and there's a lot of aggressiveness on the forecheck, the activation of the defensemen talked about all these things. And I think for me this week, it's keeping that energy up for the long haul. I think it's a long season. We're just barely into it. And can this flyers team maintain this level of energy? You know, even when they're losing, I, I still see, that energy there and they have come from behind to win a couple of times this year so far. But uh, I think that's the thing kind of nagging at me is will this team keep the energy up? The, the bigger, the bigger thing here is I do worry about the long haul here. Uh, the more block shots, the more playing, you know, good defense like JVR that, that play happened on defense, um, more injuries you're going to occur. And the Flyers are already sort of an injury-prone team, and now they have a coach that pushes pushes them to the limits, which could end up causing more injuries. So it's definitely my nemesis because, like I had told you before, I don't think this team is built to keep up all season long with this kind of play from Torts, asking him this to give this kind of play. So I just feel like, and, and you could blame that on Chuck Fletcher. That's fine. But he also has to kind of know his guy's limits. And I don't think he does. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point that it really isn't necessarily towards his fault in terms of the personnel that he has. But he, you are also right in that he has to use them in the right way, which is maybe contrary to what the best way to use them is. But again, you know, like I've been saying, I, I am very willing to be wrong on this. And if we have, you know, what we could deem a successful season because of what Torts does and, and Torts gets us, you know, from point A to point B, even though like D or E is the ultimate destination, as long as we're moving along on that continuum for this year, I think that's a good thing. And, and so, you know, as much as I worry, again, about the durability of this team, I think that, you know, there's definitely room for things to go well. Yeah, there's definitely room for, for things to go well. I agree. Uh, but I am worried about the durability of the team. And again, like he knows what he has. He knows what he has down below. He knows what he has here. He has to know that there's a limit to what he could push for this year. He has to know that. I know he knows that. I certainly hope he does. <laughs> but uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, of course, it was the Flyers tribute to Oscar Lindblom from last night's game. And man, I was talking to you, know, you before we started recording. I cried a lot on Sunday, uh, partially because of Oscar Lindblom and that tribute. It was just so well done. And he just seemed so appreciative. And 
both teams were getting behind him and you know and then the Phillies winning and Doctor Who had an emotional episode it was just a it was a roller coaster of emotions kind of day yesterday for me but I loved 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 this Oscar Limbaugh tribute and I'm really happy that at least we got that yeah he he deserved that it's great you know i've talked about the oscar limblom stories and his family still follows me on like instagram and stuff they're nice people he's a great guy i only wish him the best and so yeah he's already having a good season so he's going to get the last laugh for being a salary dump i think so too and he will deserve every minute of it because he'd be a second liner on this team yeah he would That'll do it for today's show. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll have the latest in Flyers news, and we're going to do our Phantoms check-in. They had a pretty eventful weekend for us to talk about. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers or email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.